Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. He's closing in on it. All-time NBA scoring record, LeBron James, just 89 points away. This is Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and on your smart speaker. I'm neither Canty nor Carlin. I'm Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me today is Randy Scott from SportsCenter AM. So make sure you're checking him out on ESPN television. And you can tune in to NBA action tonight as the Cavs host the Grizzlies. It's presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. And to help us break down everything happening in the NBA, we welcome in ESPN NBA analyst PJ Carlissima, who is going to be on the call tonight for Grizzlies Cavs right here on ESPN Radio. So, PJ, that's where I want to start because I am jealous of you because you <laughs> get a front court seat, just front row seat, at seeing what who I believe is the most excited. There are certainly better players right now, more guys that are in the NBA MVP conversation, but is there a player in the NBA who is as exciting to watch because you don't know what you're going to see than John Morant of the Grizzlies? Uh, I don't think so, Gabe. Randy, good being with you, man. Haven't seen you in a while. Ah, it's been too long, um, Coach. I hear you. Um, no, he's unbelievable, Gabe. At least one rebound away, he had nine boards uh, last night against Portland where he'd have three straight triple doubles. Uh, I mean, that, that's how well he's been playing. The, the things he does, I mean, he's so quick. He's got the handle, the dunks at the rim, and, and you know, he rebounds. He does so much, and it's, it's an exciting young team. Uh, I think it's one of the five youngest teams in the league, but it's the best young team, obviously. I think they got the fifth-best record overall in the league. And they've been through a rough stretch right now. They lost five games on that West Coast trip. They're banged up. Steven Adams isn't playing. Uh, They just got Danny Green for the first time uh, last night. Uh, Desmond Bain missed a bunch of of games. So they've been kind of dealing with a lot of issues. But having said that, uh, Ja alone is is worth the uh, the cliche, the price of admission. Uh, people talk about some nights it's you know what you see, you don't know who's going to play, whatever. Uh, if Ja's there, it's worth the ticket. Believe me, he, he's really special. Coach, uh, keep it in the Western Conference and another overtime loss for the Warriors. They've lost like nine straight road overtime games. There's something that doesn't agree with them about having to play in Minnesota. And there's no shame losing to a young, talented group that they're you know, led by Anthony Edwards. But after this latest loss, Coach, Steve Kerr was pretty pretty blunt in his assessment of things. Like, we are not good enough to not execute late in games. When you, when, I totally when, agree. You've called, uh, you've called their games. Is that, with it. is that what stands out to you? They've struggled with it all year, but they're, they're playing. I'd say I, I should know the exact number, and I don't. Mm. Last 10, 12 games, they're defending close to what they did last year. I thought last year they never got credit for how good they were defensively. Right now there's only two teams in the league that are top 10 in both scoring and points allowed, and that's the Celtics and Memphis, who we're seeing uh, Kesty and I get to do tonight. Um, Golden State last year, you know, when you think of Golden State, you think of the Splash Brothers. They were, you know, the way they play offense, they're so exciting. 
no one gave them credit for their defense. They were literally one of the best defensive teams in the league last year, and they have not been for the first 40 games, 50 games this year. They've started to, and that's why they're starting to win some road games before last night. You know, they got themselves above 500 now, and, you know, they're within striking distance of a good seed going into the playoffs. But Steve knows better than anybody, if you don't defend, A, you don't win close games, especially on the road, and B, you're not going to win in the playoffs. You know, and, and there's, there's a slight correlation. I've never studied it, but I would think if you watch the teams that win the championship every year, that team in the regular season probably wins more than their share of close games, even on the road. Uh, it's so hard to win on the road. I mean, these two teams tonight, Cleveland and Memphis, are two of the better teams. You know, they're solid in their playoffs. They have great young players, but neither of them have winning records on the road. So, it's, I mean, it's very hard in this league to win on the road. And it's frustrating, Steve, because he knows potentially how good they can be, but he hasn't seen, he hasn't seen it enough, and he certainly hasn't seen it consistently. P.J. Carlissimo, ESPN NBA analyst, joining us here on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. And P.J. is going to be on the call tonight, Grizzlies Cavaliers, game you can listen to right here on ESPN Radio. But, of course, right now, one of the biggest things happening in the NBA is that LeBron James pursuit of the all-time scoring record. He's 89 points away. And it, it's obviously something worth celebrating. And, and he's had such a tremendous career. But with the Lakers, are there, I'm sure they would love to have him break it at home. They've got their next two games on the road. Then they'll have two games at home. They can't really worry about that record. It's going to be nice when it gets there. They've got bigger problems to worry about. Right, Coach? I agree, uh, without question. Uh, you know, if this team would stay healthy, I remember earlier in the year I was talking to someone in an interview, I forget who it was, and they said, you know, do you think the Lakers are going to win more than 44 or 45 games? And I said, no. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what, are you crazy? And I said, because I don't think they're healthy. Not if they're healthy, they're going to win that. But that's what still scares me about this team. Now, Bron is beyond that. Uh, th- that record that he's going to – that's one that I, that I would have thought maybe you'd never get. And – Kareem, everybody takes him for granted. I'm so old, I remember Kareem very, very well. I've known him an awful long time. And I just don't think he gets the credit for as great a player as he is, as silly as that sounds. You know, people always talk about the best players of all time, and you seldom hear Kareem in the discussion. You know, is is it LeBron? Is it Michael? You know, are these young guys now? Can KD or these guys surpass him? Uh, Kareem was the standard bearer, both in college and in the NBA. For LeBron to take that record down, and, and how about like in a week or within a week or 10 days of when he just became fourth in assists all time? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Steve Nash and somebody else. I think it was Jay Kidd. Are you kidding me? Uh, <laughs> he's, he's incredible. Uh, I think it's great, but I do think that they need to win some games. Um, same thing we talked about with the Warriors. They need to play games together particularly with the big three, with A.D. and Braun and uh, Russell Westbrook. And they, they, they need to get defending a lot better than they defend right now. They're not a very good defensive team. They're a good offensive team. So uh, they've got a lot of things they need to work on. Darvin Ham knows that those three players, those three vets, those three you know future Hall of Famers all know that also. So I agree. I, they can't take it for granted. And, uh, I don't think I'll be surprised if, if – in fact, Bron wants to get it in Los Angeles. Uh, the good news is Kesty's going to be there with our ESPN radio crew. We added those two games. You know, we added the OKC game and we added the Milwaukee game or uh, somebody else next week. I forget the one on Thursday. Um, so we're going to be there, uh, and we hope it happens there. But if it happens in New Orleans, 
TV is going to be there. Mike, Mike Breen and our uh, A-team is going to be down in New Orleans if he gets it there. And it's, it's going to be special. Uh, it really is. Coach, real quick, I want to ask you about the Celtics just because they seem to be up and down lately. And obviously the hot start wasn't sustainable, but they lose three straight. You know, Magic, Heat, Knicks. Eh. But then they come back and they beat the Lakers, and then they just put it on the Nets yesterday. Both Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum knocked down seven threes. To what do you ascribe the, the inconsistency of a team that, despite the losing streak, is still at the top of the Eastern Conference? Um, I, I think uh, three things. Uh, number one, it's the dog days. Everybody's counting the days to all-star break, how many games they have left. They're just tired. Uh, it's a long grind, that all-star break, particularly the, the lengthy one that LeBron and Adam and uh, you know the Players Association worked out. They're looking forward to that. Secondly, the injuries, and I think that's really important. Uh, Time Lord especially. Uh, they, they need uh, Rebel Williams on the floor. They're a totally different team. He and Al Horford have missed some games. Marcus Smart has been out. So they're playing without their, their honchos. Uh, and, and I think, as you said, it was hard to sustain what they've been doing. Uh, they've been doing it all year. They, when those guys are not on the floor, they rely so much on the jump shots. And, uh, you know, I, I think guys have stepped up. Guys are playing well. But they need Marcus Smart there all the time, and they certainly need uh, both Horford and the Time Lord up front. Uh, I, there's still there, there's only two teams in the league that are top ten in points and points allowed. And Boston's one of them. And Boston is, is a great team. I know uh, Bud's team uh, that, that you're right there with will be in the hunt also. But it's going to come down to who's healthy at the end and who's playing well at the end. If you think back to last year, Golden State just got healthy for the first time last year right before the playoffs. And they played their best basketball all year in April, May, and June. And, you know, remains to be seen who's going to be healthy and who's hitting on all cylinders when the playoffs begin because the matchups in the playoff are going to be great, uh, even in the first round. I think our early rounds are going to be more competitive than we've had in the past. We may even have some play-in games against, you know, with some teams that are capable of winning a couple rounds in the playoffs. They're going to be playing in the play-in game. So I'm looking forward to the playoffs. It seems like it's a long way off, but it's not. But I guarantee you, the players and coaches are looking forward to, to Salt Lake City and some days off. Coach, we certainly appreciate the time. We appreciate the insight, and we look forward to hearing you tonight on the call as the Grizzlies take on the Cavs right here on ESPN Radio. All right, Gabe. See you in Milwaukee soon. See you, Rand. Thank you, Coach. P.J. Carlissimo, ESPN NBA analyst, joining us here to break down everything going on in the NBA. Coming up, we'll get into what Bart Scott said about Micah Parsons supporting the Eagles. That's right, Micah Parsons tweeting things supporting the Eagles. But we'll do that right after Randy tells you about Vivid Seats. All right, Gabe, football season is winding down. Basketball and hockey are heating up, and nothing beats seeing your favorite team live. Not only does Vivid Seats have great ticket prices, but they're also the official ticketing partner of ESPN. And with Vivid Seats Rewards, when you buy 10 tickets, you get the 11th free. Download the app or visit VividSeats.com today. Vivid Seats, life happens live. Receive a reward credit equal to the average price of the 10 tickets purchased, in, uh, excluding taxes, fees, and processing costs. See VividSeats.com slash rewards for terms and conditions. If you happen to miss it, some weird things happening out in the NFC East. And really not, I, mean, I guess at the end of the day, Randy, it's not that strange. When you want to show support to a, a fellow player in the league, I, I don't have a problem with that. But Micah Parsons going a little bit 
too far by telling a member of the Eagles to say, hey, go win a championship for our division, which I didn't realize really meant anything in the NFL. Don't think it should mean anything in the NFL, but Micah Parsons apparently trying to make it a thing in the NFL. Yeah, I... I look at this, and I think it is a generational thing. I do. I'm 40, Gabe. I don't know how, how old you are. You're probably on the on the right side of 40, on the on the younger side of 40. But this just jumped out to me as, how do you think it's okay? How do you think it's okay to do it so publicly as well? I mean, it, it shows a lack of a lack of guile, to be sure. He's not trying to mislead or hide anything. This is all out on his Twitter timeline. But he's reaching out literally to a guy who is the class of the division, not only at his position, but certainly the, the 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 team is. The Eagles are the team with the targets on their back in the NFC East. And it's a guy that Parsons has lined up across from. And I understand that that breeds the the respect that you're seeing. And what he where this started is is Parsons saying, hey, I, I respect the injury that you're playing through. You are a dog. You are fighting through this. But where he crosses, quote-unquote, the line for old head Sports fans like myself who want to see these guys hate each other the way that sports fans hate the fans of the other team. And I, I mean it in a, in a sports hate way. But you want you want them to, to kill each other. Like you, you, you want Micah Parsons to feel the hatred in his soul that you feel as a sports fan. And instead, Parsons is saying, now go win a Super Bowl and rep the division. And if you're a Cowboys fan and haven't been to a Super Bowl in 25 years, and you're about to root on for the Eagles to win their second in six years? No way. No way. Yeah, that, that again, showing respect to a player, especially one like Lane Johnson who's playing through injury, playing well through injury, I get that. The part, yeah, that I think everybody is just kind of confused about is winning a Super Bowl for your division, which, again, there's only four teams in a division in the NFL. It just doesn't make a ton of sense. And, well, luckily, Bart Scott seems to agree with us. Here was Bart's response to Parsons' tweet earlier today on Get Up. These damn kumbaya kids and trading uh, jerseys and I love you, bro, is, is sickening. Because that's not what sports about to be. This is the saddest thing I saw since I saw Mike Tyson rub blood from Lennox Lewis' face and say he loved his mother after he told him he was going to eat his children two months ago. Like, this is supposed to be about gladiators. How are you going to be sitting? What is this, the SEC? What is this? We got, we got, we got uh, pride, division pride. What are we talking about? You're supposed to hate this man. This man be trying to throw your face through the ground. And all of a sudden, you hope he get nice things. Any of my opponents, I don't want none of them to have nice things. Every time I lost in the AFC Championship three years in a row, I hope the game was canceled. <laughs> the Super the next week. You're, not, yeah. you're, not, you're never yeah. in for them. I hope it was a natural disaster and they couldn't, they couldn't have a game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get that. I get it. And it, it sounds a little get off my lawny, you know, when, when he starts the rant by these kumbaya kids. You know, it seems that, you know, you're a little bit of the old guy yelling at the cloud in this situation if you're Bart Scott. But I, I agree with him for the most part. And, and the thing is, you, if you're Micah Parsons, you just have to be a little bit of aware. Because, again, I, I don't think anybody has a problem with him showing respect to another player, even though it's within the division, saying, hey, I respect you playing through an injury. Because, again, you go back to the DeMar Hamlin situation and you really got to see how connected these guys are throughout the league and how respect how much respect they have for one another being a part of the brotherhood that is the group of current NFL players but saying win one for our division that's where you're going to lose fans that's where you're going to lose former players if he loses that line in the tweet Randy I don't think this is that big of a deal but because it in- he included it in his initial tweet, that's what's got everybody losing their minds. Well, yeah, yeah. And adding adding fuel to this whole thing is, you know, he quote tweets 
a, a large criticism, a loud criticism to a large audience of his support of an interdivision rival. So he quote tweets that and he says, you people are sick. You will sit in your own misery because of a lack of accomplishments, then root for others. I have no shame. The league is a brotherhood. I'll never pray down on another man's success, nor be ashamed to say I'm happy for my brother's success. So he's taking the high road and explaining his choices, but he's also saying, like, you know, it is it is the whole, like, if you want to say punching down, I don't know about punching down, but it is the, like, oh, you're just behind a keyboard in your mom's basement, like that old trope where you, you can't dismiss how fans react. Fans keep this thing spinning. You know, like fans oh, are the yeah. ones showing up. Fans are the ones supporting the broadcast rights. Like, I'm not saying fans pay your salary. I don't want to go that far. But, you know, I mean, you, you get my point. Anytime you dismiss fan concerns like that, it, it rings a little sour to me. A hundred percent. And look, it, it, it's it's even different from now from when Bart Scott played. And the generation before Bart Scott, it was different. I mean, you go back to the 60s, you'll actually see guys that, you know, legitimately hated one another when you actually had, you know, the Bears and Packers had a huge rivalry or the Packers and Cowboys in the 60s had this huge rivalry, you know, and you can see them, you know, through the years in the NFL where these rivalries really, you had that actual, more than just sports hatred, a strong dislike, an actual disdain for your opponent. But as society and especially sports become more and more connected, whether it's through social media or a lot of these guys going to the same camps as they were being recruited in college or going to the Shrine Games, the Senior Bowls, going through the Combine together and, and getting to know one another. Yeah. They're just more connected now. And that that hatred is really something more that it just becomes a sports hate for the fans. That being said, still at some point have to be smart enough to not include, hey, win something for our division when nobody else who roots for your team. Like, can you imagine... Can you imagine a single Cowboys fan rooting for the Eagles this weekend? Absolutely not. It's just not happening. <laughs> no, no. And if, if you are looking for that old school hate quickly, uh, just see what Joe Staley did or said about Kayvon Thibodeau, where Thibodeau was tweeting about how, man, the way this game looks, we might be better than the 49ers. And Staley's like, you're a flash player who gets bodied by average tackles. Don't let the New York media affect you too much. And then Thibodeau writes back to Joe Staley, one of the best offensive linemen in football, and is like, man, I don't even know who you are. Which which seems to be Thibodeau's reflexive response when he's called out. And you just can't do that with somebody who's actively playing. I maybe understand it about Jeff Saturday, who retired before Thibodeau got into the league, but even that was a stretch because, you know, Jeff Saturday is a, a Hall of Famer on the offensive line. Coming up next here on Canty and Carlin, the Aaron Rodgers saga. Where's he going to go? And is Devontae Adams trying to actively recruit him to come to Las Vegas? We dive into that coming up next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not 
not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and on your smart speaker, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Gabe Neitzel. He is Randy Scott. We are filling in for the guys today. We've spent some time today talking about if you have pride in your division, if you're an NFL player, based on what Mike Parsons was tweeting. And in the NFC East, there is a player in Julian Love who probably doesn't subscribe to the same theories that Micah Parsons does. Um, Julian Love, a safety for the New York Giants. Let's just go ahead and dive into this, because (laughs) as the Philadelphia Eagles are getting ready for their fourth Super Bowl appearance in franchise history, first under new head coach Nick Sirianni, well, Giants safety Julian Love on the NFL Network had this to say about Coach Sirianni. You know, he's a guy who really is doing a good job because he's not getting his in the way of his team. He has an experienced roster from top to bottom, offense, defense. You see this stuff, though? Like, what's your reaction as a player? And that guy's doing that. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it at all. I mean, he's, he's in for a free ride right now. You guys can coach this team. What? Oh. Experience up and down the roster. Um, now, I... I may have this wrong, Randy, but I do believe like the Eagles were discussing whether or not Jalen Hurts was going to be the quarterback of the future for this team. It's not like he's been in the league that long, a second-round pick who's still playing on his rookie deal. They don't have experience up and down the roster. Now they have a very talented roster, and that's a big reason why they're playing in the Super Bowl. But man, that is that is not just even a straight. That is a direct hit at Nick Sirianni. Oh, it's a tremendous direct hit. Um, I think I think Nick Sirianni has benefited from a tremendous and aggressive front office. I feel like Howie Roseman and the moves he's been able to do, bringing in AJ Brown and the scouting department. You know, Dave Caldwell and company drafting Devontae Smith. Uh, they've they've hit on their choices now. Was Sirianni involved in those choices? Should he deserve credit in those choices? Yes. I mean, his voice was certainly heard in the room. But there are talented coaches who have just been in front offices where, you know, uh, purse strings are tight. Or, uh, I mean, I say this as a, as, a, as a Raider fan. Like, you know, it seemed like 40 times and wide receiver speed was valued over common sense a lot of times when it came to drafting. So um, is, is Sirianni benefiting from Jalen Hurts panning out? Yeah. You know, to have a quarterback drafted outside of the first round pan out the way he has so far is borderline un- un- unheard of. I mean, it's very rare. Um, the-, the hit rate on first round quarterbacks is is roughly fifty percent, and obviously it drops off after that uh, when you get in-, in into later rounds. So, yeah, I mean, is Sirianni benefiting from that? Sure, but has he also? Could you say has he helped get the most out of Jalen Hurts? Has he helped get the best out of Jalen Hurts? Has he has he you know schemed up an offense that allows him to? Uh, you know that allows Hertz to to make high percentage throws and and shrink the field down to one or two reads 
as he as he gets his legs under him as an NFL quarterback? Sure. And does he have a quarterback who can use his legs? I mean, so I don't know. I don't know that the two things are independent from each other. I don't think uh, Sirianni has the free ride. I don't think Peter, you know, Pete Schrager and and some of those guys over at, in Gals at Good Morning Football on the NFL Network could coach this team. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? I think That's... I think at some point you get credit for leading a fourteen and three team. Like this is this is how it all works. That you still need to have a good coach to put all that talent together, even if it's not. Really scheming things up and doing things in an X and O's matter. You have to then be the CEO and make sure everything's running smoothly. Because I believe that as many egos that can exist in an NFL locker room, whether we're talking offense, defense, special teams, like there are enough egos where if you just kind of let that thing go unchecked, it's not going to go well. And there have been plenty of teams that have been loaded on talent that have fallen apart because their coaching or leadership, mm-hmm. of course, you know, across NFL history, just kind of fell apart. You know, you, you need to still have that strong guy at the head of the room, at the front of the room, who is leading that team day in and day out. I, I doubt Sirianni is just, you know, clocking in five minutes before practice and then, all right, well, practice is done. Let me pick up some cones and, and head home. Like, I just don't think that's what's happening in Philadelphia. You still need that strong presence. Um, even if you believe he's not as good as the coach you may have, who's made a big difference in New York and Brian Dable. You know, if if you want to knock Nick Sirianni for game prep, knock him for playing Creed at practice. You know, knock right. him for knock him for some of the histrionics on the sideline. Like, like, what do you? We saw Julian Love obviously obviously takes issue with Sirianni finding the camera, mean mugging for the camera. You know, running over to the crowd in Indianapolis and yelling <laughs> because of a perceived what was it a slight at Frank Reich or something? I mean, it was yeah. like he'll he's good at manufacturing, right? Sirianni is good at manufacturing motivation, and and that motivation you know, uh, helps uh, avoid complacency for a team that, you know, at one point was what, 11, 9-0, 10-0, 11-0 until they ran into Washington? You know, like it was like you at some point deserve credit for the things that you do to get your team up for and prepared for games. Sure. But, I mean, as somebody who, you know, covered the the Jets locker room when they beat the Patriots in that, in that playoff game in 2011, like, you know, Rex Ryan had similar energy and sometimes that cuts against you at a second's notice with very little warning, and then it's tough to find a head coaching job again after that. I'm really curious how Julian Love measures and who he gives you know credit to because it's a conversation that's kind of going on in the background right now a little bit mm. with uh, the hiring out in Denver with Sean Payton. A lot of people kind of pointing out, you know, Mike McCarthy <laughs> doesn't get a lot of credit, and yet his record very similar to Sean Payton. So it's always curious how we decide as fans, as players, who gets credit as a good coach and who gets credit as a bad coach. Yeah, yeah, and I think players largely will default or reflexively say, like, hey, this is a player's league. You know, players win games. Coaches can line us up. Coaches can introduce new you know wrinkles and things but this is a player's league so I think love would give it to Jalen Hurts or maybe the front you know the offensive front maybe Kelsey and those guys but who knows I, I think that's true in any league you need good play like good coaching can only get you so far but you need good coaching and good playing in order to get you over the top mm-hmm. which is where the Eagles are approaching coming up next we'll take a look at quarterback needy teams in the NFL Canty Carlin ESPN radio 10 seconds on the clock how many things can you name that are always growing your relationships your skills your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
From the Launch Your Online Shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and on your smart speaker, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Gabe Neitzel. He is Randy Scott. We are filling in for the guys today. We've spent some time today talking about if you have pride in your division, if you're an NFL player, based on what Mike Parsons was tweeting. And in the NFC East, there is a player in Julian Love who probably doesn't subscribe to the same theories that Micah Parsons does. Um, Julian Love, a safety for the New York Giants. Let's just go ahead and dive into this, because (laughs) as the Philadelphia Eagles are getting ready for their fourth Super Bowl appearance in franchise history, first under new head coach Nick Sirianni, well, Giant safety Julian Love on the NFL Network had this to say about Coach Sirianni. You know, he's a guy who really is doing a good job because he's not getting his in the way of his team. He has an experienced roster from top to bottom, offense, defense. You see this stuff, though? Like, like what's your reaction as a player? And that guy's doing that. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it at all. I mean, he's, he's in for a free ride right now. You guys can coach this team. What? Oh. Experience up and down the roster. Um, now, I... I may have this wrong, Randy, but I do believe like the Eagles were discussing whether or not Jalen Hurts was going to be the quarterback of the future for this team. It's not like he's been in the league that long, a second-round pick who's still playing on his rookie deal. They don't have experience up and down the roster. Now they have a very talented roster, and that's a big reason why they're playing in the Super Bowl. But man, that is that is not just even a straight. That is a direct hit at Nick Sirianni. Oh, it's a tremendous direct hit. Um I think I think Nick Sirianni has benefited from a tremendous and aggressive front office. I feel like Howie Roseman and the moves he's been able to do, bringing in AJ Brown and the scouting department, you know, Dave Caldwell and company drafting Devontae Smith, uh, they've they've hit on their choices. Now, was Sirianni involved in those choices? Should he deserve credit in those choices? Yes. I mean, his voice was certainly heard in the room. But there are talented coaches who have just been in front offices where, you know, uh, purse strings are tight. Or, uh, I mean, I say this as a, as, a, as a Raider fan, like, you know, it seemed like 40 times and wide receiver speed was valued over common sense a lot of times when it came to drafting. So um, is, is Sirianni benefiting from Jalen Hurts panning out? Yeah. You know, to, to have a quarterback drafted outside of the first round pan out the way he has so far is borderline un, un, unheard of. I mean, it's very rare. 
Um, the, the hit rate on first round quarterbacks is is roughly fifty percent, and obviously it drops off after that uh, when you get in, in into later rounds. So yeah, I mean, is Sirianni benefiting from that? Sure, but has he also? Could you say has he helped get the most out of Jalen Hurts? Has he helped get the best out of Jalen Hurts? Has he has he you know schemed up an offense that allows him to? Uh, you know that allows Hertz to to make high percentage throws and and shrink the field down to one or two reads as he as he gets his legs under him as an NFL quarterback. Sure, and does he have a quarterback who can use his legs? I mean, so I don't know. I don't know that the two things are independent from each other. I don't think uh, Sirianni has the free ride. I don't think Peter, you know, Pete Schrager and and some of those guys over at, in Gals at Good Morning Football on the NFL Network could coach this team. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? I think That's- I think at some point you get credit for leading a fourteen and three team. Like this is this is how it all works. You still need to have a good coach to put all that talent together, even if it's not really scheming things up and doing things in an X and O's matter. You have to then be the CEO and make sure everything's running smoothly. Because I believe that as many egos that can exist in an NFL locker room, whether we're talking offense, defense, special teams, like there are enough egos where if you just kind of let that thing go unchecked, it's not going to go well. And there have been plenty of teams that have been loaded on talent that have fallen apart because their coaching or leadership, mm-hmm. of course, you know, across NFL history, just kind of fell apart. You know, you need to still have that strong guy at the head of the room, at the front of the room, who is leading that team day in and day out. I, I doubt Sirianni is just, you know, clocking in five minutes before practice and then. All right, well, practice is done. Let me pick up some cones and, and head home. Like I just don't think that's what's happening in Philadelphia. You still need that strong presence, um, even if you believe he's not as good as the coach you may have who's made a big difference in New York and Brian Dable. You know, if if you want to knock Nick Sirianni for game prep, knock him for playing Creed at practice. You know, knock right. him for knock him for some of the histrionics on the sideline. Like, like, what do you? You saw Julian Love obviously obviously takes issue with Sirianni finding the camera, mean mugging for the camera. You know, running over to the crowd in Indianapolis and yelling <laughs> because of a perceived what was it a slight at Frank Reich or something? I mean, it was yeah. like he'll he's good at manufacturing, right? Sirianni is good at manufacturing motivation, and and that motivation you know, uh, helps uh, avoid complacency for a team that, you know, at one point was what, 9-0, 10-0, 11-0 until they ran into Washington? You know, like it was like you at some point deserve credit for the things that you do to get your team up for and prepared for games, sure. But, I mean, as somebody who, you know, covered the the Jets locker room when they beat the Patriots in that in that playoff game in 2011, like, you know, Rex Ryan had similar energy and sometimes that cuts against you at a second's notice with very little warning, and then it's tough to find a head coaching job again after that. I'm really curious how Julian Love measures and who he gives you know credit to because it's a conversation that's kind of going on in the background right now a little bit mm. with uh, the hiring out in Denver with Sean Payton. A lot of people kind of pointing out, you know, Mike McCarthy <laughs> doesn't get a lot of credit, and yet his record very similar to Sean Payton. So it's always curious how we decide as fans, as players, who gets credit as a good coach and who gets credit as a bad coach. Yeah, yeah, and I think players largely will default or reflexively say, like, hey, this is a player's league. You know, players win games. Coaches can line us up. Coaches can introduce new you know wrinkles and things but this is a player's league so I think love would give it to Jalen Hurts or maybe the front you know the offensive front maybe Kelsey and those guys but who knows I, 
I think that's true in any league. You need good play. Like, good coaching can only get you so far, but you need good coaching and good playing in order to get you over the top, mm-hmm. which is where the Eagles are approaching. Coming up next, we'll take a look at quarterback needy teams in the NFL. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.